0: Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. If this is your first time listening, thanks for coming. The 805 Conversations podcast is produced every other week. Please subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming shows. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and & Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and continued encouragement. And thanks to my podcasting partner and co-host Patrick from Pull String Press for this great studio. Morning, Patrick. Good morning, Mark. It is a beautiful day in Santa Barbara. Uh,
1: that's, that's redundant.
0: <laughs> 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 it's always, I, I, you know, I'm speaking to, we've got listeners all over the world, as you know, and yes. I'm, um, I'm particularly interested in Finland oh, today. Oh, Sure. Yeah, because I'm, I'm wondering what the weather is like in Finland. Maybe our our Fjordie? our it's Fjordi. We'll have our our listener in our listeners, excuse me, Soon. in in Finland. Uh, drop us a note. I would like you to meet Sheila Cushman. Sheila, good morning.
2: Good morning. Welcome it's to great the show.
0: To be here. Yeah, and and we've known each other a long time.
2: A long time. And
0: you, because um, uh, your husband, who's been on the show, uh, Steve Cushman, uh, was the
2: the yeah, king yeah. of Santa Barbara. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, is that what he told you he yeah, is? Yeah, that's what he told me. He said he was the king. And that
2: I was the queen. Oh, oh, oh yes. That's well, a smart welcome now. That's good. Yes, there we go.
0: You are the executive director emeritus of Moxie, which is the Wolf Museum of Exploration and Innovation, or otherwise known as the Children's Museum in right. Santa Barbara. Right. Right. Isn't it wonderful how branding. Uh, can, can <laughs> j- <laughs> I'm
2: telling you, it's it was a very fun experience to go through that transition.
0: Well, it was. I'm gonna guess 20 years ago, and and maybe it wasn't that long. Uh, you invited me to a meeting up at the Museum of Natural History, I believe, and said, "Hey, we're doing this children's museum," and that's when I was fully engulfed in computer animation software with Wavefront and you thought, oh, maybe I might have some ideas on this. Right. And I I loved that process, but that was 20 years ago and the museum yes. just opened within the last couple of months. What, what have you been doing for 20 years?
2: <laughs> uh, well, uh, as many people know, it takes a long time to realize a project in Santa Barbara. And I, I had one interesting discussion. We were having a dinner party at our house, and I was complaining how hard it was to get this project to move forward. And, you know, I said, the city's treating us like developers. Mm. And this happened to be a land use attorney. He said, you are a developer. Get used to it. And what was so great is he offered me the pro bono services of one of his land use attorneys. So, you know, we were trying to do it innocently. Was that a pivot? It was a pivot. It was definitely wow. a pivot because I realized, okay, it's not just a non-profit group of do-gooders. Right. You know, we right. are developers and developing a very important civic project on city-owned land.
0: And the location ha- just bounced around all over the community, right? Yes. And why was that?
2: Um, honestly, I think... Um, The people that began the Children's Museum in 1990 were very sincere, very dedicated people and truly saw the need for a resource like this. But I I think it was not the right group of people Hmm. to make it happen. And they had a temporary facility at La Cumbre Plaza for three years, that ended. Um, And then a very important gentleman moved to Santa Barbara, Paul Selwyn. And he moved to Santa Barbara in 2000 to be with his grandchild, and he was one of the founders of the Children's Museum of Los Angeles. Um, And he came to town and said, "Well, why why isn't there?" Yeah, exactly. So he connected with this other small group, and he also realized this was not the group of people to make this happen. Mm. They were well intentioned and sincere and intelligent, but there's other factors that make something happen. And so he began to increase the size of the board and bring on people with capacity, people with connections. And uh, so I, at the time, was director of education at the Natural History Museum. Right, right. And so the director, Carl Hutter, and I uh, had a meeting with this fledgling Children's Museum board And after the hour-long meeting, Carl turned to me and said, Sheila you need to get involved with them. They need an education person. Because mm, mm. it, it's really all about education. Of and they had no educator involved. So I joined the Children's Museum wait, board. Wait,
1: that seems impossible. Well, I'm <laughs> telling I mean, I believe, you. I believe you. But, yes. <laughs> but how did they – just am, it's amazing that they wouldn't be able to see the, the complete and total need of having somebody with that kind of experience. I,
2: I think it was – it was the combination of people that mm. was involved. and in, uh, So anyway, I joined the board. And um, uh, I guess that was 2002, and it was still a small board, but they were bringing on new people. And um, we explored a number of possibilities. One possibility was to have a mobile museum, to not actually have mm. a physical museum, but to have a big van, like a semi, that would mm-hmm. travel to schools. And there were issues with that in terms of where could you park it, where could you store it. So um, as it turns out, on the Children's Museum board was a, a friend of Paul Selwyn's, Eli Luria, who is one of sure. the heroes of Santa Barbara. Yeah, you bet. And at the time, Eli was also on the board of the Natural History Museum. So uh, Eli realized the Children's Museum needed a home. He also realized as a board member that the Natural History Museum needed a little energy, a little more excitement, a little more things for children. Mm. So he brokered a a meeting with the leadership of the Children's Museum and the leadership of the Natural History Museum. And after several months of conversations, uh, they entered into an MOU to develop a 3,000 square foot museum on the, on the Natural History Museum grounds in Mission Canyon. Oh, kind so that a, was the near,
0: original idea exactly, was to do it on property.
2: Exactly. And that's when you got involved. Right. And it was going to be a relatively small museum, but um, I, I feel I'm throwing out a bunch of names, but another very important person got involved at that time. Paul and Natalie Orfila. Mm. Um, so,
0: so just for our listener, mm-hmm. uh, Paul Orfila was the founder of Kinkos. Correct. S- slightly known story was when I was a chef and ran off-campus food service at UCSB. I had inherited the Navy cookbook recipe cards on how to cook in bulk. Okay, <laughs> and I took them to Kinko's. There was one Kinko's in Isla Vista, and Paul copied the entire card catalog and put it into four bound volumes so we could use it easily. Wow. And uh, I never let him forget that right. he did that for
2: me. So. And uh. he's done well. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, it <laughs> he's all started okay. there, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So anyway, um, the Orphila Foundation really loved the fact... That there were two nonprofits that were joining forces right, to create right, opportunities sure. for Santa Barbara. So they uh, were very supportive with basically anything we needed. I mean, they gave us a very large grant of money with basically no budget or anything. Wow. Just said, we're excited about make this, it make it happen. And so um, we were able with that money to hire an exhibit planner. And I think that's how you got involved, invited to that meeting. Um, And so for three years, we sincerely collaborated to envision what this 3,000-square-foot museum might be. And it was going to be situated along the creek, Mm. uh, so with a a nice outdoor presence. And um, we hired a spectacular... Uh, museum planner firm, museum planning firm, Gyroscope from Oakland, Mm, California, mm, mm. and they ended up doing the current project. But um, after three years, it became clear that the culture of the two organizations was quite different. You know, the Natural History Museum is very traditional, more uh, historically focused, where, you know, our board by this time was dynamic Young really wanted to push the envelope Mm. of creativity Mm. and what was the future.
0: I'm guessing having worked with those um, exhibit groups before, Gyroscope was driving a lot of that.
2: Absolutely. Right,
0: because they, young, you know, 34-somethings that are, hey, they're so tapped into what's happening at museums and engagement and using technology and all of that.
2: Yes, So, uh, we, uh, with the help of the Orville Foundation, we kind of had a come to Jesus meeting with the Natural History Museum leadership and just said, Look, are we going to make this happen? Is this a good fit or isn't it? And we mutually agreed it really wasn't. They were, the Natural History Museum was looking forward to the master planning process and really rethinking uh, entirely how its entire campus should be used. And I think we were somewhat of a distraction Mm. and uh, Mm. causing kind of a concern for them. So we uh, dissolved the partnership. And what was so um, just... You just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we have been the project of luck and opportunity since mm. the beginning. So Paul Selwyn, the president, um, decided, well, we've got this, this group of volunteers. We really need uh, some a staff person, a paid person to be managing all this. Sure. And also the Orfala Foundation said, if we're going to give you a half a million dollars, you need to have someone who's managing your finances, not need to, just an a bunch adults of adults
0: at the table. Yes.
2: So I, at that point, it was in 2006, left the Natural History Museum and a secure job, and uh, <laughs> leapt off uh, to be the first and only executive director at oh, the Children's wow. Museum. Oh. So, and the Orfila Foundation funded my salary for the first year mm. to provide a cushion, and so actually. Uh, for nine years, I was the one and only staff member.
1: <laughs> so wait. So when you talked about the the when when the the two dissolved the agreement, the Natural History Museum and and Moxie. Well, it's not it wasn't Moxie. The Children's Museum. Yes. Um, you were on the other side of it. Correct. You were part of the Natural History Museum. Right. Right. And so were you. But you were advocating. You saw that split being a necessity. Well,
2: so the the arrangement. I, I mean, I still. I, I'm sure they realized they made a mistake because um, the arrangement was such that the Children's Museum was going to pay for all the design work, mm. all the fabrication, in, including some structural upgrades to the Natural History Museum to, to. accommodate the space. Right. And once it was built, they were going to give this gallery <laughs> to the Natural History Museum and walk away and let them have it. And, but. You know, it's. The culture of an organization is so important; it's everything, and it was oil and water, the two wow. cultures. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's so it's so such
1: a good thing that they've they've found a different path for each each group as well. Well, yeah,
2: I yeah. mean, I, I I'm uh, they actually just visited the museum this week. I was there, and I think they were looking around, going, "This could have been ours." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, great. That's but, a great. But moment. anyway, fate steps in in yeah. wonderful ways. So the president, Paul, and I thought, oh, now, what do we do? So we started looking for a site, and we met with Bill Cerrone to see if the county schools had any site. Mm. We met with various developers to see if they had a parcel. Uh, And finally, one of our last meetings was with the city of Santa Barbara, and we had no expectations at all, and we went into the meeting and uh, sat down with Paul Casey, who is now the city administrator, but then he was the head of planning, and uh, Dave Gustafson, and we sat down and kind of told them our story. And Dave pulled out a map and said, we'd like you to put your children's museum right there. And we can <laughs> give you a 50-year ground lease at a dollar a year. Oh, my. What? And, and How did that no happen? I, I mean, honestly, we walked out of the room and our knees were shaking. Oh we my could gosh. not believe it. So that was in 2007.
1: Well, you're bringing such an incredible asset in well, your pocket.
2: Yes, but then, and this is one of the one of the lessons I think your podcast listeners would like to hear. Um, when you're a startup. <laughs> And particularly a museum startup, you have no track record. Mm-hmm. You have sincere intentions, mm-hmm. and you might have the great people involved. But if you don't have anything to show people, it's hard to convince them to invest in what you're doing.
0: Gee, and I have no idea what, yeah. what you're talking about. So yeah. no gotcha. one has sat in this other and chair. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, so what's, what's interesting is because I got thinking how a small group of people – come together and create something that is so big. I mean, it is it is at the gateway of Santa Barbara now. I mean, yes. it is right on State Street. It's in this area that's undergoing massive renovation, will be the gateway to Santa Barbara. And it is a spectacular looking building. And, and it's like, what a prime piece of real estate and what was done with it. So yes. that, I, I just, I love the entrepreneurial spirit and it doesn't have to be just for for dollars, it could be for Mindshare. It could be for mm-hmm. you know, in this purpose, right. a, a nonprofit Education. that's that uh, this is the idea worth spreading. Right,
2: right. right. So, uh, so again, 2007, we said, great, you know, great, we're on the road. So We've got our land. Ago.
1: This was 10 years ago, <laughs>
2: right. and uh, no, it
1: should be up by summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. will have it done. I
2: mean, uh, we had this uh, opening day, <laughs> just was this. Continuous sliding date. (laughs) Uh. But uh, so anyway, uh, what the city said to us is we would have to go before the council and uh, present our case. And then the city council would have to vote whether to give us exclusive rights to develop the property. I mean, we don't own the property. We just have a lease. And, um, you know, because when you think of a city... They own lots of properties, and for them to give a piece of land valued at roughly $3 million to a nonprofit, well, what are the other nonprofits gonna say? Mm, you know, I, mm, I want my property mm-hmm, too. Mm. So we had to really uh, develop a, a strategy and a solid case to do that. So one of those was writing a business plan, which <laughs> I've never done before. But I I have to say another person that's an icon in Santa Barbara is John Davies. And, you know, I said to myself, how am am I going to convince the city council to give us this property? We have no track record. We've not raised a lot of money. What are we going to do? So I went to John and, again... On a pro bono basis, he told me exactly what to do. He gave me the game pan, plan, gave me the talking points.
0: It was that I, I'm going to guess, knowing John, because I, 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 he's one of my heroes. He's one of my heroes, too. I'm guessing he figured that out in less than 15 oh, minutes.
2: Oh, yes. This was about a 20-minute meeting. A, see? Five minutes of yep. niceties. And yeah. then, okay, <laughs> Sheila, get out your paper. This is what you and do. And he
0: just bam, 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 yes. bam. And you yes. just executed.
2: Yes. Yeah. And... I, Believe me, it worked. It worked. Well,
0: you have a museum.
2: Yes, we have a museum, but I I can't tell you how uh, affirming (laughs) that city council meeting was. It was just so amazing. We had um, a petition with a thousand signatures of people from all walks of life who wanted this, including people like Mike Tobes, including the janitors of of some families. Now, that
0: was... So so I'm going to just walk it back a little bit that John said you'll need public opinion on your side, so yes. you'll need a survey, so go get this done, yes. go get this done. Right. Because John, just remind reminder, listener, there's a great show uh, that John did. Look in the back catalog and find it. But he's in public relations, which is more in influencing public opinion. Yes. And that's he laid a little of that magic on you. Yes.
2: It's it, and he, I think his firm is... Davies Communications. He's really about strategic communication. And um, and he does a lot of political campaigns and and also land use things too. So so anyway it was a wonderful meeting and um, it was actually during Hanukkah of 2007 (laughs) and uh, Helene Schneider who was on the council then, she wasn't a mayor, said a miracle happened here tonight. And um, So uh, what we got at that point was exclusive rights to develop the property. So it wasn't a lease. It wasn't, they weren't giving us the property. We, they were just saying to us, we won't negotiate with other people. You've got an exclusive hold on this for now. Um, Then we had to deliver them the business plan plan. And then we had to uh, really think as a board, okay, what are our next steps? And um, one of the things we realized, you know, there are so many wonderful boards in Santa Barbara, so many wonderful museums, and, you know, there's different kinds of boards. There's a governing board. And there's a fundraising board, and you bet. we you realized bet. we needed a fundraising uh, board. Uh. So we really strategically sat down and said, "Who are the sorts of people we need, who, not necessarily have the capacity themselves, but have Networks. connections, yep. and who can actually connect us with these people?" And um, and wasn't it
1: still your job though that once, once, once there was that like target. For, for lack of a better word, uh, of a person that just really would be so impacting on the board, didn't you have to go then again and sell them this? Not sell them, but like yes. communicate this this vision of something that didn't yes. exist with no track record. Yes. Yeah. Yes. How were those meetings? How did they go?
2: Well, I, I, that's kind of what I when I mentioned earlier that it's hard as a startup because when you don't have anything to point to that you've done. I mean, certainly, I had a very successful career as an educator at the natural history museum so that initially was important to people to know okay you have someone running this who knows how to run right something right right um paul certainly had a track record at the children's museum of los angeles he quickly brought on bruce corwin who uh, also was one of paul's fellow board members at the children's museum of los angeles so even though bruce was not involved with us on a daily basis, because he lives in Los Angeles. His name was gold, Mm. and I have to say there were a few times when uh, Bruce came up and joined me for meetings with uh, city council members, and I have to say, uh, walking into an office with Bruce is like walking in with Elvis, (laughs) honestly. No kidding. Oh my gosh. He just charms everyone in the room, and they're all just like this. Um, so, anyway, he was very, very helpful and uh, would do whatever he could from Los Angeles. So
0: know. so let's see if there's a lesson here for our listener. is Find Elvis. Yes. Okay. Find Bruce. A, that's <laughs> the t- Bruce t-shirt. is easier. That's the show's T-shirt, Find by yeah. the way. Elvis. Find Elvis. Yeah. Uh, we're always trying to figure out which is the T-shirt for the show. Yeah. But it's... Um, as a startup part of the th- one of the things you do is you build a board or you, it, mm-hmm. it might even just be an advisory board to start out with and not a as you said a governing board or a functioning board or a fundraising board or having those key players who are going to help you so if you're the 20something it's at a, you know at one of these incubators who's listening right now it's you need to find that person who's going to sherpa you through those kinds of no sessions. no no just do it by yourself yeah. <laughs> just do everything about you. you're just you're already
1: perfect. Yeah. Oh yeah. You don't need help from yeah. anybody. You've got the perfect idea and youth on your side.
2: Yeah. Well, and uh it's really, you know, it's I don't know what that book is. You'll probably remember it Mark, but it's Someone's getting it's at the getting the right, right people on the bus. Yeah. And making sure the bus is full because again, um Jim Collins. It, it's is it? yes. Good it, it's tempting to have a small board because it's easier to manage. But in a, in a fundraising situation, you really need a lot of people. And well,
0: even in a TEDx environment, yeah. we build boards. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's this is I a matter of fact, I was I sat in a TED University, which is something that happens at TED, where TEDsters teach other TEDsters things they know. Mm-hmm. And this guy promoted the idea of having your own personal board of directors. Like, just as us as humans, mm-hmm. you go have six people that are on your board. That's interesting. And you meet with them uh, as often. It, a friend of mine has one of these, and he buys us a beautiful lunch once a year. <laughs> and we sit around, and he we help him in his life. It's, like, awesome. I, I think issued, that's a
2: cool idea.
1: I should stock in myself in 2009. <laughs> <laughs> stock certificates. <laughs> I have shareholders. he's have had
0: three splits since yeah, then. Well,
1: and you know, I'm just, we're going up the, yeah. the whole problem. <laughs> we, have a, we have an annual shareholders meeting on my birthday.
0: All right. I love that. And yeah. they bring you And gifts. they bring you a gift. And they bring <laughs> you reverse dividends. Yeah. W- one of the things that, uh, you know, I love to try to find where the lessons are. Mm-hmm. We also on the show love to talk about the dragons. I mean, the story is great. It took a while, but the story has a nice ending. But I'm going to guess there were some dragons along the way.
2: Yes. Um, so... I guess a big, big dragon came in the form of Governor Jerry Brown. What? Uh, How does does the governor pay attention to this? Well, so we were moving along. We had raised quite a bit of money. We were well into... Our building had been designed by Barry Burkus. He had done the conceptual design before he passed away. So what mm. what you see from the outside is all Barry. What mm. year is this? Um, I think it was 2012. Okay, uh-huh. right
0: because in 2011 Barry was at TEDx American Riviera, and on I was stage. there too. Yeah yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, He gave a great talk. <laughs> he
2: did. Uh, he talked about waking up at night That's and being right. creative. That's right. Um, so. Um, Again, we were moving along. We had our exhibit designs completed. So we had spent well over a million dollars on that particular property. And uh, Governor Jerry Brown decided it was time to uh, abolish all the redevelopment agencies in the state of California.
1: Wait, why? What was the motivation? Uh,
2: uh, I, I honestly don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh Someone on in your audience could look that up. Yeah, okay. But anyway, uh, it turns out our property was a redevelopment property. Um. So all of the money that we had invested in all of our efforts and thoughts and creativity could potentially be on the chopping block. And um, these properties statewide were slated to be um, kind of sold and the proceeds given to counties. So uh,
1: All of that sounds, I mean, I believe you. (laughs) All of it sounds like not the kind of thing you do to revitalize a community.
2: Well, uh, you know, not all redevelopment agencies operate with the best intentions. So, for example, you know, one of the intentions of the redevelopment agencies is to develop blighted areas. Santa Barbara really doesn't have many blighted areas. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I I mean, I can see that side of it. But it would seem to me that particularly our property was in development already. We had raised significant funds to move the project forward. And I'm assuming other cities had similar situations. So the, the great news is the city was... Well, obviously, they didn't want to lose the property either, uh, but they were so helpful to us. And um, we uh, had a land use attorney that was...
0: So he was the one who slew the dragon?
2: No. <laughs> it was a she. But uh, she. But, but uh, what really happened that was exciting... Uh, so. My husband and I both went to UCSB, right. and, uh, you know, we, we have friends that have gone on to live in other cities. So my husband got a call during this time from his college roommate, who had been, um, been the um, heads of several counties and had also worked in the state government in Sacramento, and um, they had their friendly conversation and then uh, Steve, who is the other guy's name, said to my Steve, so what's Sheila doing now? And Steve told him, well, you know, she's developing this museum and now they've run into a snag. Well, it turns out of all coincidences that uh the college roommate Steve, Steve in, in Sacramento, Sacramento uh, was the person hired by the governor of California to manage this dissolution process. Oh, how,
0: what a lucky And
2: he ran across my name in the paperwork that he had about this particular and parcel. And called his old buddy, right? And so he, I think, uh, definitely looked kindly on our project through through this process. It took about nine months. But, um, and many hearings that we had to go to with what was called a local oversight board. And again, it was a situation where we had to use what I learned from John Davies to get the right speakers there, to get the right messages going out. And eventually we saved the property. (laughs) So we were back in business again. And and during this nine-month period, we had to stop. We really didn't want to be raising money for this property so we had to stop our fundraising stop our design work stop everything for nine months to just try to save the property
0: so relationships matter correct right because I'm thinking back to that relationship uh, you know that started in college right with roommates and and how he does a solid later is like I'm not going to go in and and, uh, monkey with stuff but We'll open doors. We'll get you the right. You know, we'll do that kind of stuff. And yes. and you said earlier with the quote of the show, you know, fate steps in in wonderful ways, yes. right? And and uh, you know, you get you get that tap on the shoulder. So so let's fast forward then. Uh, so you, you get through all that. Just there's so much regulation, and it, uh-huh. it's it, when you're trying to do something good. It it I gotta imagine that it's. You're banging your head against the wall, and you're like, Where do you find the will to keep going?
2: Particularly as a lone staff member with no support <laughs> system. Um, oh, but I, I have really to say, sad. I have but. to say that one uh, discussion I had at my house where I was uh, complaining that I was being treated as a developer, and this land use attorney said, You are a developer. And he uh, gave us the. Uh, resources of a fabulous land use attorney at no charge, we probably got a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of services. And she, Beth collins was just amazing. She went up and met with the finance department in the state. She, she was our rock during this period. And you mentioned getting through you know, Once we got out of the state problem, then you still have to jump through all the hoops for the city oh, of yeah. Santa Barbara. And she was just fabulous. Her connections with the city, because she had done so many projects, I mean, she was able to facilitate and convince and cajole that we probably wouldn't have been able to.
0: Someone had told me that um, when you hire a consultant, you're not hiring them for what they know. But for who they know.
2: In this and, case, and it was both, I would say. It was both. It was both.
0: So so she was your dragon slayer. Right. And so we she's could Joan not of Arc have in done our it story. without her. Oh, I love that.
2: And she would be a great person for you to interview
0: too. Well you can make that happen. I will. I, I appreciate that. So so now let us get back to the like the museum. I love when people are
1: committed to, to interviewing on this show that <laughs> oh, yeah, they not here. Exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, they have to say yes and, and we will come, we will find you. Uh, yeah. So let's go back to the so this is all about the box, right? Getting the box built. But the what's in the box and how you how do you do how, tell me that yeah. story cuz we we were my grandson just so you know, my uh, the Christmas present for the family was a family membership to Moxie.
2: Hooray! Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> and
0: uh, and little Dax. Uh, so you're a he, donor then. Emma. I am a donor. Yes. Yes. Okay. And uh, I'm on a brick somewhere, someplace. But <laughs> but the the idea that um, you've got to appeal to that three year old all the way up to. You know, the parent. It's kind of like designing a Pixar movie. It's got to appeal to the kids, but the parents have to get the jokes as well. After
1: 10 years of fighting just to get the building up, you've still got to maintain the concept of programming.
2: Well, we actually had to develop the concepts for the exhibits way before we actually started any construction because they're... They were the key to the fundraising. We were not selling selling. people a building. We were selling them what was going to be in the building. And so, again, uh, we did a nationwide search uh, to find the perfect museum planner. And uh, we sent out an RFQ to probably 75 firms. Mm. Uh, We got 20 Applications and they were just spectacular presentations that came to us. And
0: this was where you found gyroscope.
2: Yes, Got it. and so um, uh, we had a board exhibit committee, and it was I, I want to give credit to some of the names because there's some prominent Santa Barbara names: Louise Ganey, uh, Dagny Dielson, and uh, Laura Reagan was our chair, and. Um, we, we said, okay, Santa Barbara was the birthplace of the environmental movement. Mm. We want to make this museum yeah. about the environment. And love that. And, mm. and it's, a, it's, it's a relatively small museum. It's 17,000 square feet of indoor space. That's relatively small. And so we didn't think we could be a museum that had everything in it. So we felt we needed to focus on a theme. So then we started our work with gyroscope. And... Um, Coincidentally, at the same time, I was going out and meeting with various groups—parents, teachers, uh, a variety of groups—and whenever I would tell them the theme of our museum, the environment—it was Earth, Wind, Fire, and Water. Got it. I got this odd look, just like what? <laughs> and weren't they a
0: band in the '80s? <laughs> uh,
2: they were. People were not enthusiastic about really? that no. subject area. Really? And I think, you know, in various comments, I think they thought, well, the Natural History Museum does the environment, the, zoo, the Sea Center the does the, the yeah, environment, yeah, the zoo. Yeah. So when we started work with Gyroscope, of course, what I did is kind of download all of this information sure, that I had the been brand gathering. Identity all of that. And um, so they. Uh, led us to uh, discover the theme for the museum. And uh, because they design projects around the world, they, as you mentioned earlier, they have the pulse of right. what are the trends, right. Right. but also they have the expertise and the sensitivity to look at a community and look at kind of how things inter intersect and figure out, strategically, what makes sense for you now. And
0: so what did, well, I want to hear what, Well, what OK. It was
2: STEAM and Steam. science, technology, technology, engineering, the arts, and math. For many years, it was STEM, science, technology, engineering, yep. and Steam math, but now it's much better because you're bringing in that right brain thinking. You're bringing in that creative approach to looking at problems and solving problems. And I have to say, when we hit upon that... You just went oh. e- Yes, everything, everything clicked. And right. I'm anxious, Mark, for you to see the museum because um, it's very much focused on science, technology, engineering, and math. But everything is um, designed in a creative and visually very appealing way. Because, again, as you said earlier... Many children's museums are great for children. They absolutely love them, never want to leave, but they very much look like something for a four- or five-year-old, right. you know, in terms yep. of the materials yep. used, yep. in terms of the noise level, in terms of the uh, colors. And we decided we didn't want to be that kind of museum. Santa Barbara is a little more sophisticated than that. And also, we wanted to create a... a Setting where parents would love being there too. So, Mm -hmm. particularly the choice of materials and the color palette was extremely important. And I think, uh, well, you'll see, I I think we've really succeeded there Mm. in making a place where parents love to spend time.
0: All all
1: reports speak to that.
0: That's true. I, I now remember it was still, again, several years ago, I got invited to a meeting at the Chamber of Commerce when Steve was still. And you had hosted it, and you were (coughs) kind of pitching this idea of STEAM.
2: We had our exhibit (coughs) designers there. Right. Yes.
0: And uh, I run a STEM site for NASA, for professional development for educators, called the NASA Online Educational Network, NEON. Uh Okay, so you can go Google it, NEON NASA. And it's for teachers, I have 9,000 teachers on there that are sharing uh, professional development tips Mm -hmm. around how do you do this. And I heard steam, it was the first time I'd heard that. And I was like, okay, this is really cool and right. And I think I recommended that in the waiting line, as you're waiting to buy the tickets, you have a wall there, a glass wall that is steamed
2: Oh, that fun. they
0: would write their kids could write their names That's in fun. and then it would just go away you should so have it's, told me about I that i did Mark. i did but well, you I had hundreds that. of ideas okay. but yeah. that doesn't this is like steam because <laughs> i'm like,
1: sure everybody I, who you bumped into was
2: like yeah. you know what you should have in the yeah. bathrooms yes yeah. <laughs> but i have to say you're right there yeah but i have to say most of the ideas people come to you with are not necessarily of interest, but that really is I have to say. We used to call, so we we'll call, put that in the hopper. Thank you. We used okay. to
1: call that the Magnificent Seven where everybody would come up with the same Magnificent Seven yeah. ideas yeah. and, and it, what you were looking for was the Heart Eight. Yeah. You were looking for the oh. one that was on the other yeah. side of the Magnificent yeah. Seven.
2: Well, I, I would, if I had to characterize what most of the suggestions were, people maybe have visited a museum yeah. and their childlike the whirly gig and so they wanted a whirly gig at our museum and you know our goal and I'll be curious to know if you guys think this when you visit our goal was to create something truly unique so we did not want to buy exhibits off the shelf we wanted to invent them and so part of the focus of our committee members in Santa Barbara was to do a lot of online research um, so you it, didn't
1: get the submarine from OMSI? no, them, no. <laughs> and
2: uh, so I, I would say fully ninety percent are truly uh, I unique love that. signature site specific, correct? Yeah. Um, but so the way we uh, collaborated over six years on the exhibit design, we had weekly go to meeting calls oh, wow. <laughs> that were yep. a half day. So I mean the wow. the Members of our exhibit committee probably put in 10 to 20 hours a week of volunteer time to uh, prepare for these meetings, to participate in the meetings, and then to do a debrief after the meeting. And um, it was quite a process. What
0: was the biggest surprise? Because we're we're rolling into the the end of the show, and I'd like to understand—because you— You were learning on the job, right? And um, because you, I mean, we we get that, and so there's some there's going to be new things you don't know. But what was the biggest surprise? And let's go a positive surprise. Well, we did our dragon already, so
2: the surprise was about myself. Oh, I had no idea that I had the skills and the tenacity to do this. And as you mentioned, I I knew nothing. I did not know how to convince a government agency to do anything. And um, so it was uh, really mind-boggling to me that I I did this. And you did it. (laughs) Yes. High five. High five.
0: So what's next for you?
2: Well, I'm actually... I've... I really only want to be involved with projects that I'm really excited about. So I'm, um, I'm sure you've heard of the Allosphere at UCSB. Mm-hmm.
0: Very, yes,
2: yes, absolutely. And we, um, so Moxie. So you're on
0: that. You're you're Well, so that?
2: Moxie. Uh, I I love the Allosphere. and for five years I dogged uh, Joanne Kosier Marin out there to create a piece for Moxie, and it took five years, but. They have an Allosphere piece in Moxie. And so uh, Joanne contacted me a couple of months ago. And so I am now working with her to um, outreach to other organizations. Mm -hmm. And uh, because she's developed um, a, a way to take the experience of the Allosphere on the road.
1: You're
0: Elvis.
2: I'm um, Elvis. <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> I, I love room.
0: Boy, oh, nice callback.
1: Yeah. yeah, you're walking into the rooms like, yeah. let me tell you what yeah. I know how to do.
0: So uh, for our listener, the the allosphere is a huge sphere. When I say huge, it's in the order of maybe 80 foot uh, tall uh, with a, um, uh, think of it as a bridge a, 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 where you stand in the center of this thing and... Graphics are displayed in 360 degrees around you by these huge supercomputers.
2: And it's it's scientific research it's, you're Yeah, no, it's in the... Displayed as It's in, the, as
0: it's in uh, the California Nanosystems Institute's right. building. Right. It anchors one end of it. I was involved... In that project as well, when it was just exciting. a drawing <laughs> uh, of like, hey, we're going to do because of my background in visualization. Yeah. Right. So they it's would really go in and look at uh, brain research, yes. FDMI, uh, yes. whatever those initials are uh, of going through the brains and watching neurons yes. fire. And then we introduced them, her to Ted. She went and gave a TED talk yes. in Long Beach. And so it's kind of, you, you've mentioned so many different names of people <laughs> who've been on the show yeah. and, and people are going to be on the show. Thank you so much for joining us and telling us a story. I want to invite people who, uh, who don't live here, go to your Children's Museum and, and give them a shout out. But if you come to Santa Barbara, come and visit ours. It's because a must it's, see. It is it's a it's, must see. Yeah. And so, Sheila, uh, uh, our, our listeners like um, Steve and Bob, Right now, we're looking at the phone (laughs) saying, Mark, are you going to ask her the question? Please ask her the question. The question is, um, what should we call this conversation? Because we we like to give it a nice bow and a title so that someone who's looking in the long list of almost 150 episodes now can say, well, what do I want to listen to next?
2: Find your Elvis. (laughs) (laughs) Why Why not? Why not? Why not?
1: That's perfect. I'm so excited that you're traveling it. You're going to take it around and give it to the rest of the yes. country and the world.
2: Yes,
0: I love that. Sheila, thank you so much. And where, uh, so people can find the museum at uh, Moxie, M-O-X-I dot O-R-G. Uh, quickly, what does M-O-X-I mean?
2: Museum of Exploration and Innovation. I love that.
0: Exploration and Innovation. So thank you so much for joining us it was on the show. And we'll have links to everything in the show notes. Um, I also want to thank California Lutheran University School of Management Tolman and Tolman & Weicker Insurance Services and our podcasting partner, Pullstring String Press. If you're interested in partnering with our podcast, drop us a note. Partner at 805connect.com. And, Patrick, this is yeah. your Right now, how can, <laughs> I love this part because you always come up with something interesting.
1: Well, uh, as you all know, rate, right review. Let a, let other people know uh, how important this podcast is to you. Uh, find their phones when they're sleeping or uh, have left them alone yes. on the cou- kitchen yes. counter, and subscribe to the show for them so that it automatically pops up in their feed. But more importantly than that uh, is, it's not just enough to offer options to young girls. It is important to go and show them the potential in this world. So take those girls out there. I love that. Uh, take them to science museums, show Mm, them what engineering mm, and science looks mm, like, mm. um, and make them understand that there is a role and a necessity for them to be involved in that science uh, world. Because right now, uh, you know, there's just not enough young women
0: with voices in science. You know, they make that decision around fourth grade.
1: You know what? A lot of those decisions are made for them. So I would like people to out there realize that and uh, look after them for sure.
0: And so... I'd love to hear from you if you've got questions or an idea for a guest. Sheila gave us several uh, today, so you can do that too. Just drop me a line, mark at 805connect.com, and thank you very much. And until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations.